Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome to another week. This is Live Life Aggressively Show. Another show for 2016, man. Keeping it rolling and strong and everything right here. Hey, I tell you what. I told you guys on the last show that we have a lot of great guests coming up. We're going to hit you guys hard right off the bat. So it's not like we're going to have you waiting a couple of months for all the good names. We're starting off, man, with a bang. And this week, no exception. So, hey, first of all, this is Sincere Hogan, for those who don't know. And that's my man, Mike Maul, on the other line. Hey, man, what's going on? Yeah, we're doing good. We do have a lot of great guests coming up. And in fact, in February, we have Bozo the Clown. Hey, man, we brought him back. We found him. (laughs) Isn't he the guy who created Bulletproof Coffee? I think it's the same person. (laughs) Hey, man, that's an insult to Bozo, man. Don't do that. Bozo's a legend. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he used to do before he got into that. Anyway, that says we don't want to get sidetracked with, (laughs) with poor humor because we have a great guest. Our friend Dr. Mark Gordon is back. He was on the show, I think it was actually the year before last. It's actually yeah. been a while. And we were, he was, he's basically a pioneer who has been proliferating the importance of looking at the connection between head trauma and low testosterone and how that contributes to PTSD. And it's hmm. a huge contributor to that. So we discussed a lot of that last time, and we're going to get updated on what he's been working on now. But actually, before we started recording, we were having a really interesting conversation about a variety of things. So I want to rebring those things up because you guys are going to want to hear it. So without further ado, Dr. Mark Gordon, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Always nice to you know chat with you too. Yes, awesome. this is it's always fascinating to talk to you. We were having a great conversation before we started recording. So I just wanted to bring up a few of those topics again. One thing is one thing I brought up to you is. I, I'm, I'm getting more and more messages from young men who have very low testosterone, talking about guys in their 20s, early 30s, early 40s, where they have abysmal testosterone levels below 300. And this is always really shocking to me when I hear from young men with such issues because when I was a young man in college, high school, the last thing I thought about was what can, what can I do to increase my testosterone? Exactly. If anything, it was what can I do to lower it? That's some work done. <laughs> but, but, then, but then as you probe further into a lot of these people, many of them were athletes, Division One athletes, or they played high school football. And obviously there's head trauma there. There's physical contact there. And that made me think about your work and, and wondering how much of their low testosterone may be contributed to head trauma. Uh, great question. And the history is the key. If you go back to these guys, you know, by the time they get into pro football or semi-pro football, they've gone through Pop Warner. They've gone through all the different stages to get to where they're at. And you're going to tell me they never had any form of head trauma? How about this? When you're pre-walking and you're trying to walk, Mm -hmm. you're trying to walk and you (laughs) fall and you hit your head. Or how about I'm trying to learn how to ride a bicycle and I fall, hit my Mm -hmm. head, even though I've got a helmet on. Mm -hmm. Or I go to an amusement park ride or I'm learning how to roller skate, roller blade, inline blade or whatever the activity, rugby Uh, skiing, moguls, water skiing, anything that has a kind of repetitive pounding or else these minor car accidents that you forget about. Yeah, I was rear-ended at five miles an hour. No big deal. (laughs) I rear-ended someone at 15 miles an hour and the airbag exploded in my face, but I'm cool. (laughs) When you're young, you've got, you know, this tenacity, you've got this, uh, this comeback that, you know, I'm Superman. I'm as hard as can be until... The brain says, wait a second, you've traumatized me so much, I'm getting back at you. I'm shutting off your testosterone. Yeah. Now you try to live with quality life. Right. right. And that's what happens. 
Yeah, and then I mean, there's all kinds of <laughs> rear-ended. Yeah, real. How about amusement parks? At uh, one of the amusement parks, I won't name. Uh, they've got this Superman ride. You go up 20 stories, and they drop you down. And at the last couple of feet, it stops. Right. And what happens is it pulls on the connection between the brain and the pituitary, called the stalk, and it pulls it, and it can rupture it. Yeah. Right. I mean, what what even what about things such as bungee jumping or skydiving? Oh, yeah, right? and there's no there's just not snowboard, just snowboarding. You know, yeah, just taking you know going up high and hitting hard. Yeah, let's not go to Whistler, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So yes, uh, bungee skydiving. I mean, I've got a couple of guys from the military who had some hard landings. They call it right, and mm-hmm. they have you know significant amount of. Uh, skeletal problems in addition to impressive hormonal deficiencies not only testosterone but things like growth hormone cortisol thyroid from disrupting the control mechanism in the brain which is being missed and you don't really have to physically structurally damage these areas all you need to do is set up a little fire Mm. called inflammation in the brain right every time we do something like you know, uh, what is that? Um, rule number 28, you can't get uh, sideswiped uh, playing football. That's for a very good reason, because if you get hit on the side like T-boned in your car, mm-hmm. you create such damage to the area of the brain called temporal that it affects your vision, your memory, it affects your word skills, uh, personality, frontal, like you get uh, your head-on collision or rear-ended, your head goes thrown forward and back. And you don't hit anything in the car, but you damage the, the frontal lobe of the brain, which leads yeah, yeah. to Alzheimer's-like symptoms, dementia kind of symptoms. And another area that we're totally missing is toxicity in our environment. Right. That was yes, the other thing yeah. I wanted to talk to you about. Because we were talking about that, too, how there's so much toxicity in the environment, endocrine disruptors, estrogen-type chemicals. Correct. So that's another huge factor, right, in low testosterone and hormonal issues in general. Right. And, you know, here I live in the San Fernando Valley and they've got this uh, gas leak that's been going on for a year, if not longer, two or three. Mm. People are getting sick. We've got the BCPs, ABDs, XYZs in our soil. (laughs) The plastic that we use, don't use soft plastic, use hard plastic. No, don't use any plastic. Use glass. Only buy things in glass. You know, I've got three daughters. Two of them are docs. One of them is naturopathic. And she says, Pop. Get all the plastic out of the house. Get all the plastic bags out of the house. Get all the glutens out of the house because it's, you know, killing your gut. So the gut-brain connection there. So I say my daughter Allison was at home this weekend, and my cupboards went naked because of <laughs> all the toxins she found in there. Yeah. You know? So I'm eating peanuts, you know, and she said, ah. Aflatoxin, <laughs> liver damage. Your cortisol is going to go so high. That's right. Your cortisol is going to go up. That's where the balance is. Is right. It's like you wor- right. if you worry about. I mean, you want to. You want. You don't want to be in denial, right? You want to <laughs> act proactively, but at the same time, if you worry about it too much, <laughs> then that might be another problem. Worry, right there. worry causes hormonal deficiency. Also, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, from stressing out, cortisol comes up, and it can affect your thyroid production, which affects brain functioning. Yeah. You know, so. Stressing out is, is not a good thing. It destroys nerves, you know, and there are natural things like panathenic acid, wild bee, you know, pollen or bee pollen yeah. mm-hmm. uh, is very good. Panathenic acid, 450 milligrams, helps to bring the cortisol down. Mm. But we need cortisol to, you know, to run our body, you know, as I was sharing with you earlier. Yeah. 
you can lose your testosterone, have low testosterone, and still live. Well, you live with depression. <laughs> you can still breathe. You can still breathe. Okay, you can still function. You can still breathe. And on the other side, you get a cortisol deficiency or Addison's, Addison's disease, and you right. die. Right. Right. You know? Right. So the body has a system called uh, the pregnenolone steel syndrome where it can steal DHEA and uh, pregnenolone and progesterone and make cortisol to at least keep you living. And in stealing the DHEA, you lose testosterone and the benefit of DHEA, uh, which is stimulates growth hormone, increases myelin in the brain, helps as antidepressant, stops inflammation or diminishes inflammation in the brain through a chemical called interleukin-6, protects the heart, ischemic heart disease, which you know, one talks about it. It's in the literature. You go to Google Scholar and you put IDH, ischemic, or IHD, ischemic heart disease, and DHEA-S, and you get 600, 700 articles in the relationship between androgens and heart disease. Yeah. You have deficiency and you have problems. Yeah. <laughs> now, that, that's one of the things people don't realize is how important testosterone is for heart health. I mean, yes. Tons of re- testosterone yes. receptors in the heart. Right. So high and, blood pressure. I think, I think I even read this article talking about how when someone has high blood pressure, their testosterone is always way lower than it should be, or, that, or rather that it could be. So right. low, low testosterone, high blood pressure, this it's not inverse op- relationship. Yeah. It's all about a- optimal, and what's right. optimal for me is going to be different for the two of you right? and right. for everybody out there. And that's why our program and our protocol is so well appreciated for the fact that we have individualized treatment. We don't have a rubber stamp. I never bought any rubber stamps other than to say completed, you know, (laughs) on the paperwork. So everybody knows I've done my work. But other than that, no rubber stamping. Everybody gets individualized in their treatment so that if someone's high here and low there, we get to do everything to correct it out. I think one of the problems is people looking at lab work and that the ranges are very odd, right? For example, yeah. testosterone normal is considered anywhere from 300 to 1,200. Well, that's yes. a huge it's range. A huge space, no, yeah. what, if, what if I told someone, what's a good deadlift? Well, it's anywhere between 150 pounds and 600. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'll take the 600. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So someone's like, well, man, I can deadlift 165. Okay, you're I'm good. good. <laughs> yeah, go compete. Hey, at least I'm in the running, you know? <laughs> in my, my newest book that came out on TBI, I have a chapter on laboratory and it's probably the number one cause for people who should be treated with uh, a hormone replenishment or replacement is not because they're coming in within the goalpost now you and i both know or the three of us know that as long as the kicker gets between the goalposts they get the three points but it (laughs) doesn't apply in the human body Right. right. You need to get that sweet part, you know, that sweet spot. You've got those kickers that only will kick it if they know they can get it right in the middle between those goalposts. Right. Well, it's the same thing. What we do is we look at the laboratories low and high, like you said, 300 and 1,200 on the <coughs> testosterone. Add them together, and the midpoint, 750, is our goal point. That's our goal. That's where we get the three Right, points. right. So we take someone who comes in to the traditional doctor on that 300 to 1,200. They come in at 307 or 311, and the doctor says, you're normal. Oh, you're depressed. <laughs> you have no libido. You can't sleep. You're irritable. <laughs> you're uh, aggressive. You're agitated. Uh, you just, you know, you're 
a plum is gone, your self-confidence is gone, your sense of well-being is gone. Uh, that's all psychiatric. Well, I mean, a lot of doctors will say, well, we don't really know what the optimal number is. It's like you don't know what it is for you maybe, but right. you know, the individual, when you when you feel a certain way, that's your optimal number. right? So if you wake up, your sex drive is high, you're killing it in the gym, your, your mood is killer, and then you go get some lab work done, and you're like, all right, I'm at 585, and that's, that's an optimal number for you. That's exactly you know? right. So, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. The book which deals with Larry goes through it. It goes through just what you said. In 1974, two biostatisticians wrote two huge volumes on laboratory testing and biostatistics. What did they say? Exactly what you said, without having re- read it. You've got to use yourself as the index. Yeah. You cannot use the group of reference ranges, and they said basically there's no such thing as a real reference range. There's no such thing as normal ranges. It's you. Yeah. And then Base I think, it on I yourself, think, as you said. I yeah. feel good. Here's the level. That's right. my good range. I think people overvalue testosterone too, where they don't look <clears> at <throat> precursors as you and I talked about. So they may right. they may have a good testosterone number and they still don't feel good. And then you look at DHEA and pregnenolone, which are, and they're totally depleted. Correct. Now you have some more information to go on. Let's restore DHEA. Let's restore pregnenolone. Let's restore that whole sex hormone chain. Right. And now you're going to get all the benefits. And that's <laughs> it. Uh, you know what I see a lot in the office are guys coming in on testosterone. And they're saying, you know, I've been going to my regular doc or I've been going to this clinic type of setting. And I felt good at the beginning. Now I don't feel so well. We run the blood work and we see that they've suppressed their DHEA and they've suppressed their pregnenolone, their allopregnenolone. They've suppressed it. And that they are precursors to 9 to 11, 11 to 14 different chemicals in the brain that gives us our sense of well-being, our aplomb, our assertiveness, our aggressive balance things rolling off our back so we're not reactive we're calm right Right. i mean yeah we were talking about how there's this study that shows a correlation between optimal dhea and being courageous yes if your dhea is really depleted you're that person who's just nervous all the time you're agitated all the time you don't handle stress well the meal meal doesn't show up on time at the restaurant you throw a fit (laughs) so so two-year-old syndrome is what it should be called huh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah So if you're a drama queen, male or female, <laughs> hey, it's time to get that DHEA check out. <laughs> well, another, another issue is um, I don't give uh, testosterone uh, to people less than uh, 40. Mm. The reason is that you can shut down your own production as well as stop your sperm production, and then I'm stuck with you know your ability to procreate. So I volunteer my services. Rarely have I had it picked up. But... Um, <laughs> It took you a while to get that. Uh, I, I, just, I just didn't want to. I just don't want. To, I just didn't want to have that image. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you for your service. Yeah. So what we've been doing has been using um, uh, clomiphene citrate, clomid, right, which is right. used in the um, bodybuilding uh, arena for restarting the system, either HCG or Clomid. And Clomid is a fertility drug for women, which is now gleaning an incredible amount of scientific support that it is phenomenal for males with hypogonadism and low testosterone and erectile dysfunction. Yeah, We're in the third year of a three-year study on Clomid for all our less than 40s, and we're getting levels. Like, I've got... Uh, 
February of last year on Dr. Drew's show with um, uh, Mike Catherwood. What's that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mike yeah. was on there too. Yeah. Referred me to him. Thank you yeah. again. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. It was a, it was a little interesting. We'll talk about it off. <laughs> I bet it was. <laughs> those guys, those guys are characters. <laughs> oh, they're they're fun, especially Mike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's got energy. That man. oh yeah, like my five year old daughter. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> it was great, uh, great vibes there. Anyway, uh, Jason uh, Jordan Cordova was on the show, and his uh, original testosterone levels were like 2.9 for free, and maybe um, uh, total was 197. Wow. And a wow. clomid goes up to 13.99 and total to 801. Yeah, that's huge. Unbelievable. And so we've been monitoring 151 guys right now. We just added another three or four. Can, can you stay on Clomid indefinitely, or is it something you use for, let's say, 8 to 12 weeks as a jump start? Well, how do most doctors dispense Clomid? Daily. Yeah. Well, we, in our three years, we're starting third year, we found a pattern of Clomid use of 50 milligrams that is low dose with an incredible spike that lasts. Mm. So instead of the daily dosing of 12.5 or 25, we use a 50 every third day. I see. So they mm -hmm. Take one, don't take it for two days. Take one, don't take it for two days. So a box of 30 lasts them about three months. And okay. at the end of that three months before they're out, we do a blood test and we get these results that are just spectacular. And then if you stop, they'll drop down, but some of the people will keep on going because you've turned on the system. Yeah. We monitor it very closely, um, testosterone level, estrogen levels, DHT, DHEA levels, and also growth hormone levels because what we found is interesting both in people who go from low testosterone to normal, optimal testosterone, that their growth hormone, IGF-1 levels, take a little drop for a period of maybe two to three months huh. and then hmm. come back. And it has to do with the mechanism of uh, testosterone utilization. The liver pushes aside growth hormone for a short period of time until the body reestablishes. But haven't had any problems with it. But Clomid is phenomenal. Now, can, can do you have men over for it? Why, why not have just everyone use this, including men over 40? Well, I wasn't going to get into that, but now <laughs> that you've asked, yes, we do have people given the option of, after I give them the documents, the science that's been done, a new article just came out a few months ago, email me and I'll send it to you, where they right. said how safe Clomid is in men with low testosterone, and you get a bonus, not a boner, you get a bonus. <laughs> Which is a bonus. Well, <laughs> that is a bonus. Get a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> you get improvement in erectile dysfunction. Some, some guys are getting a boner just listening. <laughs> They've had low testosterone for so long. What's <laughs> <laughs> whose voice? It's just the idea of something that's going to work for them is, is arousing. <laughs> and it's an inexpensive drug. Now what the pharma's doing, is um, because of my pharmacy uh, license, I stay on in touch with new things coming out. They're coming out with a form of Clomid called E-Clomifin, and it's being it's being produced and marketed for men. So the price difference probably will be astronomical. Okay, right, right. Okay. So um, I'm buying, a, trying to buy a company that makes Clomid. Not true, but it's probably a good idea. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, just um, for so for for stock picks. Right? Exactly. Need to find some company. Need to companies <laughs> that are making because with this you don't need to use injectable testosterone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell the well, guy- well. That's the other thing I wanted to bring up because a, a lot of guys are very reluctant to take TRT, even if they feel like total garbage, because right. they somehow feel that they're less of a man if they have to take something to replenish right. their testosterone. And I'm talking about even guys in their 60s, sometimes 70s. Well, they'll be like, "Well, I don't want to get on TRT because it'll shut down my own production." <laughs> and their, and their, own, their own production is one fifty. It's like a, like you're producing so much. Uh, yeah, I go, I go. Even a, I had a guy who is in his 20s. His testosterone was below 200, and he's worrying about shutting down his own production. I go, you don't have any production. I know women with higher levels than you. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> these guys, the the problem with these guys that you're giving me these numbers on is that they've had an incomplete assessment of their neuroendocrine system because we're finding a lot of people who are producing excessive amount of prolactin. Mm. If you make prolactin elevation, your luteinizing hormone that stimulates testosterone production shuts down. So you'll have low levels of testosterone that you'll think is testicular not working or the brain not telling the testicles not to work and that has nothing to do with it. Yeah. It has to do with the fact that you've got what they call a microadenoma or a macroadenoma, which are oh. benign tumors of the pituitary that produce prolactin. Or you might be on a drug that is causing your body to produce extra prolactin, and that extra prolactin is causing shutdown of testosterone. You want to guess what classification of medication causes the greatest damage to or the increase in prolactin? Antidepressants. Oh, my God. For 500, Alex. (laughs) Absolutely. That's what happens. You've got SSRIs. You've got the psychotropics. You've got, you know, just a whole grouping of uh, psychotropic medication that really mess with the neuroendocrinology, the brain's hormone regulatory system. Yeah. So I've seen the strangest levels in looking at their medication sheet, 15 medications for bipolar, tripolar, quadrupolar personality with depression, anxiety. You know, you like eating dog shit or something of that nature. And you know, it's called pica. And, um, you know, and it's creating more problems. I've right, had people yeah. come with growth hormone levels I've never seen in the thousands because wow. one of their medications is stimulating the pituitary somatotropes to make testosterone or stimulate the growth hormone receptors to increase growth hormone production. Yeah. I think so, there's a lot of irony with antidepressants because think the same you're thing. taking something to improve your mood, but your sex drive goes way down. Which right? is going <laughs> to suck is, for your is, mood. So it becomes yeah, a snowball effect. So what do you do? It's very important. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think I – think, <laughs> I think the key is to look at hormonal health, right? I think that's the mistake right. a lot of people make is how many people go to their doctor for depression and then have someone run a whole hormonal profile on them? Well, Never, right? Yeah, when my when my book came out this past May, I had a private class of 45 docs. In that private class, there were about six psychiatrists, and my classes are not inexpensive. And I had six psychiatrists there, and they're going, whoa. And now I have a new class coming out next May, uh, excuse me, this May uh, in Orlando, which um, we have already uh, half a dozen psychiatrists signed in. One of them I'm really excited about Mm. is a 
a psychiatrist, was a psychiatrist for the Air Force, and some of the stories she has to tell, and, you know, she's still connected, and she'll be a great one to go in and try to get them to listen to what, you know, our response has been. If you go to our website and you see the uh, testimonials, guys that were on three to 16 different drugs for pain to antidepressant, they're off them all. Yeah. Yeah. Now, pharma doesn't want to hear that. <clears throat> Yeah. Well, they, they never want to hear anything that's actually useful. Well, yeah, even right <laughs> now, I've, <laughs> yeah, like right now, I, I noticed there's a big push. Um, there's a group out, I think they're in California, and I ran across these guys on Instagram, and they're actually, you know, they're they're veterans as well, and they're trying to push for the um, the Veterans Administration to actually make it legal, to actually approve legalized marijuana because so many vets or actually mm-hmm. all the all the drugs and everything else that the VA has been giving them or whatever is just like pushing a lot of these guys to suicide and it's yep. not really helping them but once these guys started doing marijuana treatments when they started getting medicinal marijuana it's just been like night and day it's been like a 180 and, and these guys are coping they're functioning and, and then, so they're really trying to push that and now they're getting so much pushback from the VA it's like no we're not doing it so they got this organization called Weed for Warriors I've been kind of following these guys and hopefully you know we'll probably get them on the show as well to talk about this but I want to know you know what do you think about that as well well um <laughs> I agree that um, before you get your hormones evaluated, and I'll mm-hmm. explain why I'm making this statement at the end, mm-hmm. before you get an evaluation for hormonal deficiency, comprehensive one, not this little knit and pick kind of thing that right. I'm seeing mostly, um, the use of, uh, uh, you know, uh, was it CPD and also of mm-hmm. uh, weed, whether or not it's uh, sativa or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, indigo. Uh, what happens is it helps with sleep, with appetite. It helps calm them, calm down. But just like the antidepressants and everything, there's a price to pay. Hmm. There's a lethargy phase of it. So you're feeling okay, but you're in a chair. What we're trying to do is we're trying to get people back into functional life, not into just being able to live life and not being suicidal, but mm-hmm. back into functional life. So in our population of uh, veterans and civilians with traumatic brain injury that have been using uh, medical marijuana or from Colorado recreational marijuana, Mm -hmm. that they find that they don't need it anymore or the amount that they were using becomes less because they're not having that that psychological, physiological condition that mandated that they use something like medical marijuana. Mm -hmm. Mm Have you come across any research that indicates that marijuana lowers testosterone? Um, believe it or not, my undergraduate thesis at Loyola was on that issue. Really? Okay. Yeah. And what happens is um, testosterone, like I just was sharing about the change in the growth hormone production, there are chemicals that change the liver <clears throat> metabolism, like why you should not have grapefruit juice or eat grapefruits with certain cardiac medication. It alters the liver's metabolism. So what marijuana has been shown to do when I did the research, and this is years ago, and I've seen some articles subsequently, is that it changes the metabolism in the liver so it accelerates the conversion of testosterone to estradiol. Uh, So the aromatase, you know, the uh, estradiol synthetase alters so it's more of it or it's more active, I don't know specifically, um, and what happens is you'll get a little bit more production of uh of estradiol now 
talking about exercise and testosterone, I was reading this article that was trying to account for why vigorous exercise leads to elevation in testosterone. In this one article I was reading, it was trying to say that it's artificial elevation. It's due to dehydration. (laughs) Okay? Interesting concept. Interesting concept. Okay. I mean, if that's true, I'll just skip water. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, all I gotta do is dehydrate myself. I live in the desert. Why am I drinking water? <laughs> but I, but I think the, the reality probably will be, and this is supposition because I don't have the facts in front of me, and I don't like talking supposition, is probably because of good physical activity, you get good circulation, you right. get good right. circulation, you get good tissue perfusion of oxygen, nutrients, right. and removal of junk. And the passage of whatever the uh, hormones are, so there might be something, and I just haven't had time to look at that. Plus, you would have more androgen receptor uptake with physical exercise, right? You're activating those androgens, correct? Uptake testosterone and so forth. And Mm -hmm. also, why is it that you exercise and you know you spend two hours in the in the gym? I do, you know, maybe a half an hour, forty five minutes of bike treadmill, and then I'll go and lift for a short time. Yeah. an hour or something, and, you know, I'm famished. I go early in the morning, so I'm famished the whole day that I'm <laughs> exercising, and I can eat the leg off of anybody I see. <laughs> Redhead's <Yeah>. best. <laughs> the, the issue is that why does that happen? Why does that happen? So we'll pause on that. Now, why do they tell diabetics to get a better handle on their insulin, to get better handle on their blood sugar, exercise, yeah. And the reason is that muscles, as you increase the metabolism, you get this absorption and this removal from the circulation more efficiently of right. sugar. Yep. So if yeah. you're diabetic, you can drop your sugar and therefore your insulin or medication requirements. Yeah. If you're, you know, without diabetes like myself, you need to feed yourself better. So I have got to switch to five meals a day as opposed to one meal a day. <laughs> and that one meal after exercising is after the gym I'm eating all day right now do you do you find that you're actually hungry immediately after training or does it kick in an hour about or so? an hour later yeah. an hour later yeah, that's yeah okay point. yeah same here about an hour later and I think uh, if you survey people it's you know someplace between 45 minutes and an hour because that's when you start depleting your uh, vascular um, uh, glycogen muscular glycogen and vascular glucose yeah you start tapping into it and you switch on gluconeogenesis, cortisol drops down. If cortisol's up, you can't switch over very well. Yeah. Or else yeah. if cortisol's up, you can. I take that back. So it pushes gluconeogenesis. I see. So, um, you know, to make sugar. Glucagon changes, yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's why I find that I can endure better in the gym when I would drink a uh, company that I won't name who I'm mad at, pissed off really, because they stopped this product that saved my ass in the gym, it would give me uh, fructose, uh, let's see, it was dextran, maltodextran, and glucose with a little protein and high vitamin in a low-density product, so it was more close, it was closer to water than it was to, you know, a protein shake, so you can go in the gym and get the benefits of the nutrients instead of having, you know, that stuff goo or honey or something, we used to use honey in the swim team. But it was great stuff, and it would allow me to go from a half an hour to an hour and a half in the gym. And you would drink this during your workout? Drink it during yeah. the workout. 
and it was great stuff. Uh, company, you know, Cytosport was the company. You could probably make it your own version of that right. with right. Ranch, branch chain aminos and different kinds of carbohydrates. You could right. blend in there and no. put it in water. Yeah, dextran is immediate uptake. The maltodextran needs to be split into maltose and dextran. Maltose converted to glucose. And then the fructose gets converted from a five sugar to a six sugar glucose. And you get the benefit of a delayed action. So you've got mm. short, intermediate, and long acting sugars. So you have reserve. Yeah. But the mm. thing is, carving up, you know, after you work, a, a good carving of healthy carbs after your workout, so you reestablish your glycogen stores. <laughs> That's why, you know, if you exercise five days a week, uh, usually by the fourth day, you're feeling a little punk. Yeah. Not unless your testosterone's optimal. <laughs> but I always find that it's, it's the, if I'm going to work out in the morning, what I have for dinner the day before is critical. Exactly. That workout yeah. to be good. Like if it's a low-carb meal, I'm not going to have a lot of energy that morning right. workout. It has to be a good amount of nutrition so that I'm right. going into that training locked and loaded, ready to go. Yeah. So, what are you using as your carb source at night? I mean, uh, you know, I've, I eat a vegan diet, so there's a lot of yeah. carbohydrates. Exactly. <laughs> the last thing I have to worry about is how to get more carbs in my diet. There's a lot of that. You know, I eat a lot of legumes. There's carbs right. there. I, I eat sweet potato. You know, fruits, vegetables. You name right. it. Nuts yeah. and seeds have carbohydrates. So, getting a lot of carbs is not an issue. Just getting, just combining legumes with nuts and seeds, and then sometimes right. I actually do really well with jasmine white rice. As opposed okay. to yes, brown rice yes. and other things, I metabolize sure. those a lot better. Yeah, it's more my go-to. For yeah. some reason, just brown rice doesn't do it for me, man. <laughs> but uh, it's, I don't know why. And the texture too. It's just like eating rubber for one thing. Well, but I love jasmine rice. Cause more gut issues as well. Yeah, I mean, you, you end up feeling like you're about to have a rice baby after you have one. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Are you doing much with Kenwa? My daughter, the one, Allison, you know, came you know, home and said, "Okay, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't do, yeah, I don't do. I don't do. I don't do very well with quinoa. I think just. I don't either. I don't. I, I think just that carb and fat combination that it has is just a little too much for my gut. Oh, okay. She makes a salad, which is really neat, with the quinoa, some parsley leaves, some kale, throws in some almonds and some craisins, and uh, one other thing, craisins, raisins. Oh, tomatoes, those little baby tomatoes mm. cut in quarters or cut in half thrown in there. You mix Get it up cherries. with uh, oil vinaigrette. Mm. Really, well, balsamic vinaigrette. Yeah, really, right. Yeah. Really good. Really good. I find, so I find apple cider vinegar yeah. in my... Oh, yeah. Pre-workout or even in my workout water is a nice plus. Yeah. Uh, that that uh, definitely gives a boost. Well, believe it or not, there's a uh, – Allison uh, took home uh, some of that um, apple cider vinegar. Mm -hmm. Unfiltered, it pop. It has to be unfiltered. Right. Right. You filter it, you take out all the good stuff. Right. So um, believe it or not, there's a vinegar called DCA, dichloroacetic acid, which is two chlorines on acetic acid. It's vinegar. Which is anti-cancer, oh. and at the University of Alberta, Canada, Dr. Michalopoulos is doing research. I think seven years right now, and it, it deals with colon cancer, lung cancer, breast cancer, and brain cancer. And they had on television a short uh, vignette. Uh, I think it was like 15 minutes, and he was talking about it nonchalantly, not not uh, pushing it out there, saying very cautiously with it, but showing results <clears throat> that were just mind-blowing uh, where they had animals that they had given a multitude of human cancers by injecting them with the cancer uh, cells, and then two cents a day in their water of this DCA, and in three weeks, 75% reduction in the cancer. Mm -hmm. No side effects. 
Wow. Dichloroacetic acid. And you go online to YouTube, put in um, Alberta, for Alberta, Canada, where he's at, and DCA, and you get all these uh, news flashes and uh, uh, news programs talking about it. And he's talking about his uh, research, takes you through the lab and so forth. But he's not hyping it. He's really downplaying it, which I respect. Most docs would be going, oh, this is the miracle cure. He says we're cautious on the benefits, but he's right. showing results. Yeah, he's trying not to go out like he's trying not to go out like Doctor Oz. He's not trying to, you know, where he's like, oh, there's all these big results, blah blah. blah. Then a year later, he's getting shut down by the FDA, and they're like, hey, you got to stop yeah. saying that. So well, I, I, I'm surprised Doctor Oz is still on the. I am too. I'm like, this brilliant. Has he not lost his license by now? Like, why is he still practicing? Well, brilliant man. I, I was I felt for him when he was pulled in front of Congress, and the Congresswoman really ripped him through. You know. He had some fiduciary responsibilities, but uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's unfortunate. Yeah, that, was a, that was a different kind of rear ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without a glove. Which could, which could be very traumatic yeah. <laughs> to the brain. That might, that might explain the low T levels experienced after that. <laughs> well, I, I don't watch the show, his show, and I hope mm. that I just got an email to uh, submit something for them. I'd love to mm. go on to the show and talk about uh, TBI, but uh, my response two years ago from them was, we don't think this is a topic for our program. Yeah, it's useful, that's why. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, you mean a useful discuss- useful topic I, instead of talking about another fat loss diet? Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd love to not cut my throat in terms of hopefully he'll see the results we're having and see mm-hmm. the utility of having us on there to get the word out. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I can't pay him for it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I put all my money into Warrior Angel Foundation and, uh, you know, to help with the vets. And that's how we now have 80 vets who have gone through our program last year with impressive responses. I sent you oh, yeah. um, the uh, the little uh, 10 testimonials and the um, voicemail of one uh, vet who was uh, suicidal and on multitude of drugs and two to three weeks after starting his protocol, after doing the comprehensive hormonal assessment and finding his deficiencies, he said, um, I'm feeling effing amazing, as you heard, because yeah. I said copy. Oh, yeah, yeah, I looked through all that. I'll tell you, it brought tears to my eyes because these guys that were non-functional on a multitude of drugs and just hiding in a corner of their bedroom all day, yeah. I'm now planning on going to work. No, that's amazing. So, yeah. I mean, you've been you've been very good at establishing the connection between pituitary gland damage, mm-hmm. low testosterone, PTSD. Mm-hmm. Now, what about heavy metal overload? A lot okay. of these guys are in parts of the world where who knows what they're coming across. Yeah, and we're not talking about Iron Maiden here, people. So we're not talking about yeah. that type of heavy metal overload. <laughs> I don't remember that one. Okay, so uh, heavy metal toxicity, I think, is our next challenge for us. Uh, there are docs out there like Dr. Anthony Beck in uh, Florida, who's a forerunner in the heavy metal toxicity, someone in the military uh, who's also um, in the forefront of it, having been a patient cured and diagnosed, diagnosed and cured by Dr. Beck, is that with explosions, whether or not it's C4, C whatever, and syntax and uh, and uh, rounds, regular ammunition, mm-hmm. they put off a whole group of cadmium, magne- uh, cadmium, mercury, lead that creates an, a disruption of your endocrinology. And what we're starting to pick up, because we're looking at it now, 
is that you'll have someone with low testosterone, and if you don't do the comprehensive hormones, you won't find the DHEA or DHEAS being very high. So the only way you can have very high DHEA or DHEAS is if it's being made and it's not being converted to testosterone. The only way to have a 600 DHEA with a 3 testosterone if something's blocking the ability of DHEA to become testosterone. Mm. That we're found is mercury toxicity. Mm. And we're finding, uh, as I was sharing earlier, uh, one of my close colleagues in Florida, Orlando, Florida, Dr. Edwin Lee, who you might consider having on the show to talk about the uh, environmental um, toxins that are causing endocrine dysfunction. Right. They're endocrine disrupting chemistry in our all around us, from the plastics to the you know to the drinks to the contaminants and everything that's out there. Well, I mean, you see more and more guys with bitch tits and and asses like overweight women. Yep. You know, this is becoming pretty. I mean, I, I often joke about this, but at the same time, it's very alarming how how. Mm. How prevalent it is! You know, I, I could I could go to the Las Vegas Strip right after this show and sit down with a notepad and see thirty guys that fit that description within an hour. Are you in Las Vegas? Yeah. Okay, I'll be there on Thursday. Really? Are you coming in yeah. to do a lecture, or what are you coming in for? Um, I'm coming in. Uh, one of my patients is uh, part of a very notable band, and so I'm. Oh, going you'll, you'll there. have to tell me off air. <laughs> going into to the band to uh, you know make faces at him while he's playing. <laughs> oh, he's doing a show this Thursday. Uh, he's they've been there for a month. The month of January. This the gentleman is uh, very well known. Known. And, oh, this is uh, a resident act here in Las Vegas, huh? Uh, no, he was just brought in for a month. It's not like Santana, who's uh, was resident at the. Uh, okay, it so raiding the Rock Wolf then is must be. I live here, man. I'll put it together fast. <laughs> you figured I've out. Seen, I've seen that show. <laughs> is at the <laughs> okay, that that Rock of Ages, boom. <laughs> but what else could it be? It's okay. not, uh, what else is over there? A Tim so McGraw? It's not that. <laughs> and it's my my birthday, so I'm going oh, go to go. Yeah, wow. so I'm going to go to play my favorite game, craps. <laughs> with my MIT training to uh, work. At, uh, it's a good thing. A good thing your T levels are optimal. <laughs> Otherwise, that can be demoralizing when you lose exactly. your whole bankroll. <laughs> I'm gonna supercharge myself. <laughs> now, what's interesting about heavy metals? I've I've been reading Suzanne Summers' latest book on heavy metal right. poisoning and uh, excess heavy metals and so forth. And she interviews a wide variety of doctors and experts on the topic. And one thing that I found particularly interesting is how if you have excess heavy metal exposure, you can develop symptoms that are very similar to Parkinson-type symptoms. Yep. And my, my dad was diagnosed with Parkinson's recently, and it made me think of him immediately because he is a total hoarder. You know, the house is a total mess where they live. Who knows what kind of molds and toxins and so forth are in there and have been there for years, decades. And he would definitely be someone who should go get tested for excess heavy metals and then go through the therapy if necessary. Because my understanding of Parkinson's is that it's not a test you do, like a blood test, and like, okay, you have Parkinson's. It's more based on symptoms that you talk about, tremors, et cetera, whatever, whatever, whatever the lists are for Parkinson's. I'm not too familiar. But apparently they're very similar to a lot of the symptoms that you can have if exposed to heavy metals, molds, et cetera. Correct. And that's because 
What happens in Parkinson's is there's a part of the brain that makes dopamine, substantia nigra. Right. That dopamine is dropped. And dopamine drops, and that's how you develop the flat affect. You're not interactive with the world, uh, the pill rolling, the shuffling feet, uh, the mental um, uptundation, the mental dulling. And believe it or not, uh, a doctor by the name of um, C.J., Christian J. Pike at USC, where I've hung out for the past 17 years, uh, C.J. Pike has written an incredible group of almost 300 articles on Alzheimer's disease and androgens. And there are some articles on Parkinson's and androgens. So in reading a lot of his literature, which just excited me because of what it had to say, I would treat my Parkinson's patients with, after they were tested and found to be deficient in testosterone, DHA, with testosterone in 48 hours, they'd get better. Hmm. And that's because testosterone upregulates dopamine. Right. Now, there's no direct test for dopamine deficiency in the brain. Uh, you can use urine metabolites, but there is a test called prolactin. Prolactin, if it's very high, can indicate, if there's no pituitary tumor, can indicate a low level of dopamine. Right. Dopamine regulates prolactin. So if dopamine is deficient in the brain, and you've got symptoms of Parkinson's, you should have an elevation in your production of prolactin. Yeah, Dopamine is called the prolactin inhibiting factor. So with good levels of dopamine, your prolactin will be low. Yeah, I mean, well, Makuna purines, which is in my yep. two booster and it's in your yep. GH booster, yep. that's very effective at lowering yes. prolactin, right? And upregulating right. dopamine and dopamine receptor uptake, right. et cetera. It's 30% weight per volume of uh, L-DOPA in it. Right. And that's why, you know, we use dopamine in blast trauma with guys who have uh, flat affect or apathy. Yeah. You put them on 100 milligrams of a product called amantadine hydrochloride, which increases the production of dopamine. And you see their energy level, go, mental energy goes up 100 milligrams or 200 milligrams a day. I've got a guy in, um, let's see, in Utah who came into California to become a patient who had a severe head trauma and a flat affect, and within two weeks, after years of being on traditional medicine, within two weeks, he's now communicating, talking, wow. cognitive, uh, because of the use of amantadine which re with replacement of DHEA and testosterone. And, the, you know, the analogy I frequently use talking about hormone replacement or replenishment is really the term I like using. Yeah. It, because you're not replacing anything, you're replenishing, which means to bring back to the level that it should be. Now, that's an argument in and of itself. What should it be? You know? The yeah, level and that's going to that's gonna vary for each person, right? That's right. Yeah. What it should be for you. So, um, the uh, benefit of um, testosterone on uh, Alzheimer's, the I mean on um, Parkinson's, Parkinson's yeah. the benefit of mucopa purins for it, Phenomenal amantadine. Amantadine was the first drug used for Parkinson's back in the '66-ish. Yeah, Dupont. It was an antiviral medication, and they found a side effect. And people who had Parkinson's, while they were put on uh, on the amantadine, their Parkinson's disappeared. So when I did my neurology in uh, 1983 in Chicago, 
the um, neurologist that I was working with, uh, I was his resident, uh, said, okay, we're going to use uh, amantadine for Parkinson's, and we had to go and research every drug and give a paper every day on whatever new medication. I'm reading about antiviral, and this little box at the end says, oh, by the way, it helps people with Parkinson's. <laughs> yeah. So talk about serendipitously found. So it's like Viagra. Viagra was a cardiovascular drug for opening up the arteries. Right. Found a side effect that they figured was more profitable. <laughs> when you look at the cost of Viagra, that used to be seven to eight dollars. Now it's forty three dollars a pill. Oh yeah. If, oh, Viag- if Viagra were just made for something other than prosexual benefits, it would be dramatically cheaper. Man, it would be ridiculously well, cheap. Believe it or not. It's an unbelievably life-saving drug for people who have this syndrome called primary pulmonary fibrosis, which is an inflammatory scarring of the lungs and loss of blood supply. What the Viagra does through the dilation or dilatation of blood vessels is help the blood flow through the heart. Yeah. I've even heard some athletes using it as a pre-workout. Correct. Because uh, it increases oxygen uptake and utilization. Well, it does. Uh, Ten years ago, I did a gym study on uh, Levitra and Viagra, 25 milligrams of Viagra and 5 milligrams to 10 milligrams of Levitra. Uh-huh. What happens is, you know, you've got all that nitric oxide stuff out there. You know, all these arginine and uh, NO uh, products, one that I like is uh, from a buddy of mine um, in Irvine, California, a product called Power and Speed. Uh, oh, yeah, it's Dr. Nick Delgado's, right? You know Nick. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We've had him on the show. I know him very well. Yeah, Nick, Nick, I've used that. That's, that's a great product. It's a phenomenal product. You just have to crack the cap in the back of the mouth and then drink 12 ounces of water, and it activates rapidly. Mm. And for doing pumping out in the gym and pumping out in the bed, it's good. <laughs> it's now, there's, there's a new product that I'm testing uh, for the vets with erectile dysfunction and uh, pre-gym. I'm using it initially for erectile dysfunction. It's a product called Neo 40, N-E-O 40. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, a wafer that you put on your tongue and you let it dissolve. You don't chew it. You don't swallow it. And it increases nitric oxide in your body. It's by a doctor, uh, Brian, uh, Nathan. Yeah, I know him as well. Delgado has a similar product to that. that yeah. He, that he came out with a while back. It's, it's, I'm, it's, doing side, I'm doing side by side. And, you know, uh, he's at Baylor. I just sent in some of our people to look at the company. Um they, the product is really good, and they're they're very nice to us. They're giving us supplements to give to our vets to help them. So also our patients, they get a code, and they get a discount on the website. Yeah, they, I, make, they make a really good beet powder as well, oh yeah. that same company. I use that quite a bit. I use a teaspoon of the beet powder a couple times a day. That, that increases circulation big time, especially if you have a cup of coffee with – a teaspoon. You don't have to put it in the coffee, but you just right. take it at the same time. About an right. hour before you work out, I mean, you, the amount your muscles get so filled up when training, it's incredible. Right. Right. So the benefit of the nitric oxide, arginine, or however you get it, is that it increases um, something called uh, nitric oxide, which causes the blood vessels to dilate. When you're working out, what'll happen is the swelling of the muscles will cause blood vessels to get crushed. I'll use. They don't get crushed, but they get 
smaller because they're being pressured by the muscles. So your uh, blood flow decreases. I you see. build up lactic acid. You don't. You can't deliver maximum oxygen and nutrients to the muscle to keep going. So by using a nitric oxide-based product that increases, you know, a product that increases nitric oxide, you increase vasodilatation, dilation. Right. I used to use arginine, four to six grams at night. The additional benefit of arginine is it increases growth hormone production. Yeah. So it's, also, yeah. it's also it's also great for causing diarrhea. Yep. What about what about citrulline instead? Right. That's that. I've, the research I've seen is that increases arginine more than taking arginine itself, yeah. which in turn increases NO. If you look at the pathway of arginine going to citrulline, you can put citrulline in, which will make your arginine work better. It's, I see. Okay, so it, both it's, together. Yeah. It's all about putting things in to block enzyme pathways, so you mm. get the benefit of the one above. Yeah. See, when I use testosterone, my DHEA levels and DHEAS levels initially go up because huh. not being converted. Right, right. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. And when they go up, at a certain point, the body says, hold on, too much DHEA, let's shut off pregnenolone going to DHEA, so it blocks that enzyme. Yeah. So that D- pregnenolone goes up and up and up and up, and then it shuts down and it backs up cholesterol. That's why people who are on testosterone of whatever form, source, or kind, you can have an intermittent elevation in cholesterol, and hopefully you have a doctor that understands this mechanism, and cholesterol doesn't cause heart disease. If it did, then please explain why 50% of the people with heart attacks have low or normal levels Right, right. No, I agree completely. I mean, my testosterone booster, one of the ingredients works by increasing conversion of cholesterol into testosterone. So sometimes people get a blood test done at the four-week mark and their cholesterol is elevated. But if you, mm-hmm. look at, if you look at the ratio between HDL and LDL, that's usually perfect. But at the same time, they, they, often, they often panic at the increase in total cholesterol. Oh, yeah. And I go, yeah, this is a process where that's going to convert into testosterone. If you look at it at the eight-week mark, it's now normalized again. So it's just the initial increase of cholesterol to subsequently put it into testosterone, et cetera. But people, people tend to panic on cholesterol when, like yep. you just said, half the people who have heart attacks have normal, what's considered normal cholesterol levels. Or low. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. So, um, one of my my cholesterol runs between 300 and 350. One of my closest uh, which, which friend, many would panic at. Yeah, they would just like, "Oh my god." Right. <laughs> and my closest bud, he's 10 years older than I am, and uh, his cholesterol was 140, 150. He was a test pilot for the Air Force. Mm. And um, we because of my level being high so consistently i was starting to get affected by all the promotions for heart disease and everything so i said okay the best thing i can do is go and get an ultra fast ct scan of my heart well my radiology center down below um said we can do whole body so i did the whole body so they did it for me and they did it for my buddy keith my score came out zero Anything less than 100 is ideal. Anything greater than 400 is bad news. Mm. Keith gets it done that same day with me. His results greater than 2,000. Wow. Five weeks later, he's having open-heart surgery at Santa Monica with one of the top cardiovascular surgeons, John Robinson. And he has 95% occlusion of his coronary arteries. And it's the left anterior descending, which is called the widow maker. Wow. So they're trying to figure out this guy has a hundred 
140, 150 on cholesterol throughout the 12 years he's been with me, throughout the whatever years he's been with whoever he came, who was coming from, and they're scratching their head trying to figure it out. Well, over the past seven, uh, over the past, let's see, seven years ago for two years, I worked with the lab that I'm medical director of education, yeah. put together a panel <clears throat> called the LP6. It looks at the real inflammatory causes of cardiovascular disease. So after Keith gets finished with his open-heart surgery, which he was in the hospital for three days and one hour, the average is seven days to ten days. And his the head of uh, the step-down unit, after he had open-heart, he had 13 tubes in him, goes up to intensive care. following morning, he's standing up walking. Hmm. He's got one tube in, and he's not taking any drugs after any... Um, pain medication after 24 hours and the following day he gets pushed down to the step-down unit and the nurse comes up to me and says uh, uh, you're Dr. Gordon I said yeah Mark and she <laughs> says um, uh, the patient Mr. Chambers I said Keith she says yes Mr. Chambers uh, we asked him what he was doing on the outside to account for the fact that we've never had anyone come down to step-down in, a, in uh, two and a half days what what are you doing? He said, to go ask you. I said, I'd rather not tell you. She says, why not? I said, I'm tired of having people laughing at what we do. So she says, I promise <laughs> not to laugh. So I told her what Keith had been on for 10 years, which probably in the science, you know, saved his life without us knowing 95% to 100% occlusion of the left anterior descending and its tributaries. And her mouth was just gaping open as she listened to what I was telling her. She says, we don't do any of that. I said, I know that. <laughs> The following morning, that was a Wednesday, he had his surgery 8 o'clock in the morning on Monday. He was in step-down on Wednesday. He was discharged at 9 o'clock in the morning on Thursday. And they handed him a stack of drugs. He got home and threw them in the garbage. <laughs> and that was eight years ago. Mm. Okay? Eight years ago. He just turned you know, 70, 73 or 74. Anyway. Um, well, I find it interesting that low cholesterol is often correlated with healthy heart, right? Because you could make the argument that low cholesterol equals low testosterone, and that's bad for heart health. Correct. Well, often that's it's the opposite. People are so focused on lowering cholesterol, which in turn hurts hormone optimization, which in turn hurts cardiovascular health. Absolutely. Now, I'll give you something that will just possibly blow your way. You know who Framingham is? Yeah, the yeah, Framingham sure. Center in yeah. Massachusetts, Framingham, Massachusetts, okay. Uh -huh. Framingham published an article that I swear to God, any of my traditional doctors, they've never seen it. And this is what the article said. It said, and they've been doing, what, 70 years plus of this research on cholesterol and heart, heart health. They found the following. When you compared the group of people with cholesterol less than 200, to the people with cholesterol of 280 to 340, you found the people with the lower level had a higher occurrence of dementia and Alzheimer's disease. Right, I read that, yeah. You read that? Yes, That's I did, I remember problem. that. I remember and, there, was, there was an article talking about as people get older, they're better off having higher cholesterol levels to avoid Alzheimer's, dementia, etc. Correct, and I think the reason why we're seeing a lot of Alzheimer's is because of the following. Where does... From what chemical does or do all our hormones in our brain come from? 
cholesterol. Cholesterol. And the key in the frontal lobe is called pregnenolone sulfate and pregnanolone, pregnanolone sulfate. And these they find in Alzheimer's disease and in uh, football players. You see a deficiency in these hormones. Yeah. Okay. So pregnenolone deficiency in the frontal lobes increased levels. The more the depth of de- deficiency, the greater the occurrence of the speed of Alzheimer's. Yeah. Did you see the movie Concussion? I was going to bring that up. I was going to ask you if you've seen okay, it. Go ahead. No, I wanted to bring that up because I haven't seen it yet, but I actually want to see what your opinion was on it because, of course, I've seen so many different reviews. And, of course, a lot of times it's the people who are going to be most affected by it who have the negative reviews with it or whatnot. Or it's it's going to affect their outlook on their favorite sport and things like that. But what I'm really thinking about now, not so much as what's going on in the NFL and in football, but now more toward one of the sports that Mike and I always talk about, MMA. You know, with mm-hmm. this head trauma. And I was going to ask, you know, yeah. what's your opinion on that as well? You know, these guys, they're taking more blows to the head than, than a lot of these guys on, on the on the gridiron. Because they're not just yeah. doing it during the big fights. They're also doing it in training every day. And they're training right. four and five hours every day. Whereas a lot of these football players, hey, they're playing football, what, three, three and a half months out of the year. They got an off season, Then they come back about six months later and they start training again. So they got a little time off. Whereas these fighters, they don't have a time off. And they've been doing this just as long as these football players. These guys have been playing Pop Warner since they were like five or whatever. These guys have been doing MMA, some form of martial arts, since they were like maybe three, four, five years old. And now they're in their 20s and 30s. So you got, I got to ask you, like, what's your opinion on that as far as MMA well, and the things you've seen? Concerning I, I've got about a dozen uh, MMA and boxers in the practice who mm-hmm. all have at least a testosterone deficiency to start with. And mm-hmm. then they have... A little this, a little that. In 2007, um, I was on ESPN Outside the Line with two football players and with uh, James Tony. Yeah. Showing <laughs> James Tony's labs. James and I worked together from when he was 25 until I think 32 or 33. And, you know, when he was with Randy Couture getting taken down after two minutes and 38 seconds, <laughs> right. that was that was something else. Uh, James is not doing well right now. And mm-hmm. what's happened is the accumulation of, uh, of uh, hits, uh, you know, that he's taken through his incredible career coming up as a lightweight all the way to world heavyweight, um, you know, is um, it's taking his toll. And he's, you know, not talking about James uh, directly, but in the entire um, boxing arena, you're seeing uh, dementia diseases, Parkinsonoid, mm-hmm. because of the inflammation that's happening in the brain. All you need to do is give them NAC and, you know, check out their hormones um, to help their system with the uh, glutathione is what NAC, N-acetylcysteine helps, which is the number one antioxidant uh, de-stressing oxidative stress reducer in the brain so it gives them at least some degree of protection not full but some as a single approach uh, against the inflammation that begets the uh, presence of Alzheimer's dementia and Parkinson's so any sport that has a component of head jarring head butt- butting mm-hmm. um, to and fro coup counter coup rotation lateral spin whatever are at risk of developing um, a progression to a dementia 
of the Alzheimer's type, which is called DAT, is what they're using. Instead of calling it dementia, uh, Alzheimer's, it's mm-hmm. dementia of the Alzheimer's type because they found that, and this is an NFL study, they found that people in the NFL, players in the NFL, who have had at least one major head trauma, they're 19 times more likely to develop Alzheimer's or a dementia disease than the average population between 35 and 50 years of age. Mm -hmm. So when you start having statistics come out like this, how can you deny that in concussion they talk about CTE being being the end result of the repetitive head traumas regardless of where it came from? We're trying mm-hmm. to be so fixated on a specific sport right. where it should be looking at the mechanism, the physical mechanism or the biomechanisms that lead to the generation of CTE, you know, chronic mm-hmm. trauma encephalopathy. I've got mm-hmm. a guy in the military who had equine encephalitis. He, had, uh, he was transferred from the United States to Japan, and he gets the bloody Japanese equine encephalitis. He's in a coma from it. And he wakes up from the coma, he's got all these symptoms, and he's thoroughly deficient in three of four hormones. <laughs> you get him replenished, and he's doing better. He's doing the best he's done in five years. <laughs> you know, so it's a whole bunch of thing, uh, things, not just a physical trauma, Chemotherapy, um, excessive radiation exposure from doing CT scans or X-rays of the brain or dental X-rays, mm-hmm. uh, pharmaceuticals, pharmaceuticals, chemotherapeutics can cause um, damage to the uh, pituitary regulating the hypothalamus and the pituitary. They work together as a team. Yeah. The mm-hmm. hypothalamus senses what's going on in the blood and then gives commands and orders to the pituitary to respond. The dental x-rays is always a scam, right? Every time I walk in the dentist's office, like, oh, let's, let's do some x-rays. I go, well, I'm a grown man. Why do I, you know, what, what difference is there going to be in my jaw or my teeth at this point? Like every three months, I need to, and I always try, I, I, I haven't gotten dental x-rays for probably 10 years because yeah. I, I rather, I rather deal with whatever the problem is than just get that constant exposure to my brain. Right. Every right. time well, I walk in there. I will tell you, I have um, family members who are dentists and what I hear from them is that the technology for the Panavision, which is the Panorex or Panavision, which takes the full mouth with a sweeping arm, deep, 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 it's all digital now. Uh, and because yeah. it's digital, it's a lot less radiation than the old film ones. So when you do get dental x-rays, you say, is this a digital x-ray unit or is it the old school, you know, film? Well, once they put that, once they put once they put that chest guard on you, you know, you know, is it? <laughs> well, they do that by law. You have okay, to, okay, you have to anyway, okay. Your part and your gonads. All right. <laughs> Unless you don't care and say, I'm going, you know, I'm going tough on this. Like, hey, don't hurt my gonads. <laughs> Leave your hands off of them. <laughs> so yeah. now, with now, here's another thing with working with these soldiers with PTSD, is hormone replacement always the answer, or do you look at doing the heavy metal detox 
improving the diets, looking at other parameters before going the route of yeah. HRT? Yeah, great, great question. Um, we take it in a phase. Diet is very important because there is a relationship between gut and brain. Right. So right. if the brain's chemistry is off, like vitamin D is off or growth hormone, which is important for absorption of amino acids from the gut, if there's a disruption in gut-brain, then you have to fix both of them at the same time. So uh, correcting the hormones and uh, addressing the gut, correcting the hormones can only be corrected if you know if there's a heavy metal toxicity. So we try to get as much data points as we can so we can address the um, possibilities of HMT, heavy metal toxicity. And right. what we've been using to pick up is this discrepancy between the level of DHEA, DHEAS, and testosterone. So that's been a key factor. Also looking at some things like cortisol. Also listening to their history very closely about, yeah, I was in close quarter training for six months and I was shooting off 500 rounds a day in a closed quarter and no, I didn't have a breather. Mm. Now because of one of the guys <laughs> in special ops, they're now wearing, when they're doing close quarters, they're wearing a face protector uh, uh, to protect them from cadmium, from lead, and from mercury. So at least something is starting in the military to get that done. I was in Fort Bragg and I was on the, what they call uh, the catwalk on these um, uh, rooms, this house, I'll say, yeah. with rooms, no roof on it. And you can be on the catwalk and you can watch them breach the doors and yeah, to the shoot go house. in and attack yeah. the, you know, the jihadists that are in there. Yeah. And um, what, what happened is I was standing on top with a helmet and a flak jacket and they breached the door and I felt the blast wave. I mean, I really felt it. So I'm thinking these guys on the ground right in front and they're getting much, much more of that blast wave to create a problem. So they're also getting much, much more of the heavy metals into their system. Yeah. And there's my index case in Fort Bragg. We're monitoring through Dr. Anthony Beck. We're monitoring his heavy metals. And you see when he's home stateside and he's wearing the protection for the contamination, his levels of heavy metals on detox uh, improve and then he gets deployed and he comes back and the levels will back up. Hmm. You know, is there certain supplements that can help with that, such as increasing yeah, selenium uptake? Yeah, selenium's yeah. very good. There's lemon water. There's uh, okay. yeah. there's um, schwitzing uh, in saunas, eucalyptus saunas, hot Russian rock baths. As long as the blonde comes in and rubs <laughs> it down. <laughs> oh, no, I've been to some of those saunas in Germany, and those some of those co-ed ones will definitely lower testosterone. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's just say that Brazilian, Brazilian wax is not a trend out there yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's an American, yeah. You go, you go to the um, the Japanese Tokyo ones, and it's, uh, it's a hiring of uh, testosterone for sure. So, so the... Uh, you know, heavy metal is very important. Uh, any kind of trauma needs to be looked at, not downplayed and said, ah, yeah. I didn't lose consciousness. And that's the biggest fallacy. Mm. Guys come in here and said, Doc, I didn't put anything down for head traumas because they really didn't do anything to me. 
Yeah, he right. said, you wouldn't be here with the testosterone of an 80-year-old. <laughs> right. Nothing to you. Oh, I always laugh when someone emails me and says, look, my diet's perfect. I'm training. But this is my <laughs> testosterone level. I go, nothing's perfect in your life <laughs> with a level that low. That's right. You know, it's like, who are you kidding? One guy's like, oh, I tried your T-booster. I did everything correctly. My diet was on point. My training was good. I didn't notice any benefits. I'm like, okay, well, look, let's take my T-booster out of the equation. You should have noticed benefits just from the nutrition and proper training regimen. Right. So right. You, didn't, you didn't have any forward progress at all? I, I train hard for eight weeks. I have forward progress. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. And, you know, these guys, because they're so young, they think that it can't happen to me. Right, right. right. It's not my problem. It's got to be the fact that I just need more. It's not that I don't have enough. It's I just need more. You're right. And when you go in testament, as you said earlier, or rec- just recently, there are levels of 300 or 200. Yeah. How do you get the 200? Unless you've suppressed yourself by taking, you know, some kind of androgen, you know, shooting right. yourself up with testosterone or with... Uh, Deco or Anavar or Winstraw or whatever's out right, there, right. Triculin or what have you, yeah. shut down your own pro- uh, production and therefore, you know, if you use these things and then go to a dock and get your levels, of course they're going to find it low because you've just whacked your system. A lot of times people are dishonest about that as well. Yeah. You know, they're 25 and they have androgen levels of a 90-year-old. It's like, have you ever taken any anabolics? Oh, no. Never. What about yeah. – or, or sometimes they don't realize that they have without – for example, they took pro-hormones when they were legal. and Some of them still are legal, a lot of the right. pro-hormones, and those can be very suppressive, especially when yeah, taken like, for long periods of time. So a lot of times people take it and they're like, oh, wow, I'm, seeing, I'm getting such great results. I'm not going to cycle off. So they take it. They stay on for a year. <laughs> yeah. And they whack their system. You can shut down things permanently. Yes. Absolutely. <clears throat> so – Anyway, what's on the horizon is this year we're going to be doing some uh, fundraisers for um, for the vets. Uh, we've got a couple of projects to go out and uh, meet with congressmen in Montana, oh, great. which has 103,000 veterans. 15% of all the veterans find Montana as a place to, uh, to retire in. Yeah. And that's why the highest amount of suicides are happening in, in Montana. Mm. So getting, um, hopefully, uh, by mid-year, I'll be there to start training docs in our protocols um, and, you know, to get uh, get more doctors involved in what we're doing because uh, I'm a loner. Yeah, we've got 45 docs that we trained in May, um, but they're not, um, they're not all uh, seeing patients while they're, you know, training, so to speak. They're doing their practice. And, and you're, you're the only one I see out there front and center actually speaking about these things, too. Right. I don't see any doctors besides you being interviewed on these topics or proliferating info, info like you are. Yeah, well, um, my goal is not to be the only one standing at the firing line. You know, <laughs> right. The firing line, I should say. <laughs> my, my desire is to have a lot of people so we get the numbers up there. I mean, I've got yeah. 1,200 1, people who have we're on program since 2004, and because uh, you know I am a little anal retentive in what I do, I don't like a whole lot of people all at once, so I can be very, very good to every single one. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. not about funding because I turn over uh, the majority of our profits to Warrior Angel Foundation, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know our product Secretropin, uh, all the proceeds from October for Secretropin went to. 
uh, Warrior Angel Foundation to get uh, a dozen more guys into the program for right. a year. So That's we're, great. We're, we're funding uh, for a year um, these guys, and they always say, what's going to happen in year two? I said, hopefully by year two, someone will recognize us and give us some funding so we can take care of year two, which is almost half the price, and year three is almost half the price of that. So some big corporate funders would be very useful. Oh yeah, for Warrior I, Angels. Yeah. Yeah. How do you get them? And uh, we've gotten a call from someone in uh, the Wounded Warriors uh, Project. Uh, they only do you know prosthesis, and they've seen what results we've had because of the shows that the media that's been out there. And uh, we've talked to them. They haven't done medical. And I said, you guys, let me teach you how to do the medicals. They got uh, last year or in 2014, I think they got like $238 million. And they spent that year about $30 million for prosthesis and people to get therapy and so forth, which was great. What, what Warrior Angel Foundation, for every dollar, they spend $0.85 cents on treatment or on evaluation. They mm-hmm. only keep 15% for operational fees. Yeah. And, you know, looking across the board at the uh, organizations <coughs> that monitor um, charitable organizations, mm-hmm. you can go and look and see who's gotten dinged because yeah. Yeah. they are only putting a small amount of their money back. Well, into- a lot of times the president has a $500,000 <laughs> salary. Exactly. <laughs> the top oh. five people are all making six it's, figures. It's six, oh, high six maybe figures. I should try becoming president. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, they, nonprofit is very profitable. It's very profitable. <laughs> yeah, they should have them donate the money to some charity. So, you know, we're trying to get the ear of as many people as we can. We've got someone in uh, the Pentagon, DOD. Um, we've got uh, congressman. We've got uh, governor of one state. Uh, they're listening, and that's good. And we've got in North Carolina. We've got a hand. Yeah, I wonder about. I wonder if the UFC would be a good sponsor. That would be great to get anybody. Yeah, because yeah, I remember they sponsored the Intrepid Fund and they yeah, did that right, before, right, exactly. you know, a while back. So, and they definitely were, like I said, we were just talking about the fighters, you know, who are pretty much probably going through all this right now. They probably don't even know it. I think this would be a good time, especially if they want to have their health policy and their insurance policy and all those other things that they're trying to make it seem like, you know, hey, we're making changes that we're looking out for the benefits of the fighters, providing, you know, we have insurance for these guys, unlike boxing and blah, blah, blah. So, you're right. probably good for them. I think, I think quite a few fighters knew without knowing in that during right. the whole TRT phase that was allowed. Yeah. So many people were jumping on it, and a lot of people wanted the competitive edge, but a lot of the people just wanted to feel good, too. Right. So, I mean, they're just in this depleted state without it. So, yeah. Okay. Um, you know that um, I think it's mm. UFC is owned by one of the sheikhs in UAE. I didn't know if that yeah, they were owned yeah. by that. I thought that he had a percentage. I thought he had like an investor. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was an investor in it. Yeah, the Royal Group. Yeah, right. Now I work with uh, one of the um, one of the top guys in the United Arab Emirates from Dubai, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to get them to connect us because that would be from ownership to uh, help us with funding. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the Royal Group is the group that owns it out of Abu Dhabi. Right. And I'm just trying to remember his name. Sheikh. Al Rashid, no. That- when, when you when you say they own, they, they, do they own a very large percentage? Thirty, I think it's thirty percent. Okay. Is it thirty? Okay. Yeah, okay. ask Joe Rogan. That's quite a bit. 
Rogan Brothers. Because uh, I'm assuming the Fertitta brothers are a majority uh, owners of the UFC. I, I but I, what do I know? I'm All just... I know is from uh, communication I had in the past when I was going down this pathway okay. is that it was owned yeah, UAE, and I had confirmation. I'd have to find my documents on it. But, uh, yeah, they own 30%. Uh, the shape. I mean, you know, at the same time, if every American citizen donated ten bucks to Warrior Angels, oh yeah, they, they wouldn't miss the ten dollars, and that would be significantly huge for right. the organization. And it's something that, frankly, everyone should feel obligated to do. Yeah, last year I donated thirty percent of my gross income to Warrior Angel Foundation. Yeah, and so. um, I had the option: government coming in and just taking it from me as taxes. Or donated, right? Exactly. So it get some really good use. Yeah, exactly. What you save, you just pay the IRS. That's right. <laughs> Might as well donate it to some causes. That's that right. So this is my new strategy: is to donate as much as I possibly can. My accountant goes through everything in December and says, "Okay, X amount." So, and that's what I do. My yeah. daughters are pissed off at me, but I said, look, if I give it to you, I'm going to have to pay the taxes on it. <laughs> you know? But they can, if make, I they can them, make their own money. You have two grown daughters. Exactly. You ever hear Warren Buffett? That's what you tell your daughter. You hear Warren Buffett. <laughs> Talk to his children. See how we work this thing out, man. Yeah, tell me work ethics. Yeah. <laughs> my third, two of the da- daughters are docs, and my third one, uh, Rochelle, is... Um, a jeweler, and I can't tell you who her clients are, but she has A-list in Hollyweird, and um, <laughs> she she is making for us, uh, donating to us, uh, ancient coins from about 2,000 years ago oh. in a bezel and a chain to anybody who donates uh, $5,000. So um, on her website, which is E-R-A-B-Y- rg.com and if you're women out there who like <clears throat> buying jewelry I'm warning you stay away, <laughs> stay away. you should be you should be speaking to those husbands you know who have women that love buying jewelry yeah, well, <laughs> do not away. mention this I'm site telling man. my woman this <laughs> I'm sharing this with anybody, you know? but I assume because you guys are handsome that you have a lot of female followers <laughs> I don't know if we do. Uh, we should. We should. I would hope we do. Come on, ladies, speak up. Hey, there are a lot of women out there who are pumping iron too, and I want to keep their physique perfect. I mean, we have a lot of guys listening to the show who don't do anything to support it, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> that's a segue. That's a segue. We'll, we'll tear into them after we send you underway, so we don't waste any of your time. <laughs> so. Well, hey, great, yeah. great having you on. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up? We'll definitely give the Warrior Warrior Angels a plug. I'm definitely a supporter of them, and we, we yeah, plug we, them in. We plug yeah, them we in can, the show notes. Yeah, every keep them in the show notes, yep. And we appreciate that. We acknowledge the fact that you plus uh, the other organizations that we um, communicate with, our goal is to get out there into social media, to get out there into the media, to let people know who might be suffering from a traumatic brain injury, whether or not as a civilian origin or military origin, that there is incredible hope, and we have lots of science behind what we're doing, as well as lots of real people who have gone through our program, who are on our program, who are back living life the way that we all anticipated it should be. Right. And in March uh, of this year, Life Extension Magazine will have an issue, the March issue, will be interviews 
with our military and civilians who have oh, gone great. through the program, cool. talking to them about their pre-injury, their injury, uh, their post-injury immediate care, and what happened when they came onto our program, our protocols, and how they responded. And I think for people who want validation and testimonials and support of anything that I might say, since you don't know me, I understand, don't listen to me. Listen to all the guys and gals who have been on the protocol and have responded. Go and right. watch, you know, uh, I posted your the original program that we did um, back uh, two years ago. It's on my website. So they can go to TBI Med Legal, TBI Med, M-E-D, Legal, L-E-G-A-L dot com and pull up all the media that's out there. Listen to the guys who are talking about their response. Right. And then make your decision whether or not this is good. And we're trying to develop doctors throughout the United States um, who can go ahead and follow our protocols. It's a cookbook. You do the basics. It's how to interpret it. And I back up all these guys. If they have questions, they send me cases. So I'm not disappearing. I don't disappear when I've trained these people. And I have refresher classes or fine-tuning classes that I give uh, to make sure that everybody's able to provide the high level of quality of care that we have established here in our office in Encino. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think a lot of people should pay close attention as well for personal benefit because a lot of men and women have hormonal issues that are similar to what the soldiers are dealing with or the exact same issue uh -huh. and can benefit from your work as well. R right. A lot of Absolutely. people have had head concussions, right? You go snowboarding, like Sincere said, you can hit mm -hmm. your head against an ice. I've had that happen before. Yep. 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 Anyone who's ever done martial arts has had some kind of head. Any, anyone that's ever driven in Houston, where I am, he knows probably had one because of all these freaking car accidents, man. Oh, yeah. You had, what, 36 inches of rain in a week? Oh, which year? Okay. <laughs> so, last, I think it was the end of last year. You had. I was yeah, it was, it was ridiculous, man. It was like it was Noah drove by my house. I'm like, oh, the story is true. There he goes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we had uh, a couple of inches of rain here. And the accidents were piling up on top of each other because the majority of people don't know how to drive on asphalt but sand. Yeah, that's how it is here whenever there's just a just an inch, I mean, just just an inkling of ice on the ground. We shut down the city because we don't know what to do with that. So, And people up north laugh at us. I said, yeah, but you're the ones that end up having, like, heat strokes in the summer at, when the temperature is 85 degrees and 80 degrees. Right, right. Like, really, you died from a heat stroke at 80 degrees? Like, dude, that's called a cold front where I'm from. <laughs> I'm like, we don't know what the hell black ice is. This sounds like a rapper, man. What are you talking about? Ice out there either. I grew up in Washington D.C. There are accidents left and right whenever it snows out there. Exactly, oh, really? man. I was in Chicago for four years, and they knew how to drive on the ice. The majority of them knew how yeah. to drive. Yeah. Well, that's because of that traffic on the Kennedy Expressway. It's like it's not like you're going to have an accident when it's going that freaking slow, man. So that's that right. It's ridiculous. You know, here, out there. In here in California, what I see is when it's a little bit wet. People speed up to get out. Of <laughs> well, you need more rain in California, man, because that track yeah. is ridiculous. It's crazy. The 405? Yeah, I don't understand that. I don't understand how that freeway is always gridlocked. 
Always. Yeah. I mean, Last, even. Well, I mean, you have 11 million people and in, in not too big a space. That, that 405, even at 2 in the morning, can be crowded. Yeah, that's what I'm, it's so crazy to me. I'm like, why is there traffic at 3 in the morning? Like, where are you going? Where are you coming that, from? That was the most frustrating part of living in Los Angeles was that. <clears throat> if you live in Los Angeles, you really want to stay wherever you are. If you live in Santa yeah. Monica, you want to try to do everything there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you live in Marina del Rey, do everything there. You live in Venice, do everything there. You don't want to have to get on that freeway. Yeah. You, you try not. To. I go through the canyons when I gotta go into town, <laughs> and as long as it hasn't rained, the canyons are open. The minute it rains, the canyons are closed. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. I've so. seen some terrible accidents out there when it rains. People spinning right. into three sixties on the four hundred five. Oh, wow. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's going five miles an hour <laughs> <laughs> because they press the brake. Right, 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 right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, I'm supposed to press the brake slowly or downshift. <laughs> Which, yeah. Right. Oh man. <laughs> All right, guys. Awesome, man. Oh, great, Appreciate great it. having you on, and look forward to talking to you again. We'll do. All right, take All care. Right, take care. Be well. Bye, bye, bye guys. Bye. Okay. And that's our friend, Dr. Mark Gordon. Check out warriorangels.org, and I think his website is TBI Medical. We'll put it in the show. Yeah, notes. it'll be in the show notes. And the rest of you can f off. How about that? <laughs> All right. So let me just give a few shout outs. To people that have been supporting the show, I'm not going to slam people who don't support the show. Hey man, let me tell you, that's, that's going in 2016. That's I'm that's over them. I'm yeah, over. Yeah, you know, we, that's that's I've, I've left. I've left them in 2015. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I don't <laughs> want to focus on negative, right? Let's no. focus. I mean, the time we spend on that could be spent giving more shoutouts to people exactly. that are supporting the show. So on that note, let's see. We got Alan Levy in the UK, Dr. Julio Garcia, who was a guest hey, on our Dr. show Garcia. a couple hey, episodes man. ago. He's one of my been one of my long term customers. Gregory Alman, Sean Hummer, Dean Fraser out of Scotland. We got Jeff Boyd, James Davis, Tony Ong, Durya Lee, and William Green have all been using that coupon code LLA to get 10% off the best nutrition supplements out there. <clears throat> I'm sorry about that. Oh, no problem. <laughs> I was trying to mute myself here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And also, man, um, also, want to give a shout out to James Ricketts and Bobby Adair as well, using that coupon code and supporting the show, supporting us, as well as everyone that's gone on Patreon and continue to support us there on a monthly basis by heading over to patreon.com slash LLA podcast and go over there, become a supporter on a monthly basis. And in that box, you can throw a zero behind that one or you can start off with five dollars a month, man. All that really does help. So don't sit there thinking, oh, man, I mean, five dollars is not enough. I wish I could give more. You know, I'll wait until I can, you know, give like 10 or 15 bucks. I said, "Nah, man, go ahead. Throw that five in there. It all helps. And we appreciate that. Trust me, we appreciate that. So head over to Patreon. And also another thing you could do is also go out on social media and go to iTunes and go to Stitcher. Leave a review. Share the episodes with all your followers out there. Let them know about the show. All those things help us, and we appreciate each and every one of you that continue to support us on a monthly, daily, weekly basis. So I don't think that we don't that we don't appreciate you. So appreciate yeah, we're it. also looking at getting some sponsors on the show, just companies that we support. And one, mm -hmm. they're not even a sponsor yet, but this is going to be the second week I plug them is Super Seeds, who make gourmet pumpkin seeds. And I just tried one of their new flavors, which is Cocoa Joe, and this is about as good as it sounds. It has, <laughs> it actually has premium cocoa coffee in it. Seven grams of protein, six grams of carbs, 12 grams of good fats. This stuff's incredible. Nice. I mean, forget about these crappy protein bars people buy. It's just garbage. Yeah. Those are the equivalent of a Snickers bar. Buy this. You're getting real food. Keep it in your glove compartment in case you have an emergency. Just keep it around for whenever you need a, a healthy snack. 
these these guys make great products. So I really want to get them to come on the show at some point as a sponsor. We're making a list of companies that we use and like, yeah. and at some point we'll start targeting them and seeing and getting a few of them on. And then that way we don't have to ask <laughs> you guys to support the show anymore. <laughs> just, oh, oh just, hey, 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 I'm still going to ask. Tomorrow. No. <laughs> So, so yeah, no and shame in my game. It's all, then it's all about hey, just download the show. We'll take care of the rest. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, folks. So that's gonna wrap it up for this week. We'll catch each and every one of you the next time around. All right, take care, everybody. All right, take care, everyone.